Luke chapter 23, and beginning with verse 50. Now there was a man by the name of Joseph, a council member, a good man and a just man. He had not consented to the decision and the deed. For he was from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went up to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, laid it in the tomb that was hewn out of the rock where no one has ever laid before. That day was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath drew near. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how the body was to be laid. Then they returned and prepared spices, fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. I want you to pay attention. This is a very odd verse, but I love to study things that seem to be odd. So, verse number 55, And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how the body was to be laid. Just for a few moments, I want to preach on the thought, when life disappoints you, when life disappoints you. Father, we come to you in the name of your Son. We thank you for this day that you've given us. I pray, Lord, that you would open our ears, that you would open our hearts, that we would hear your word today, and that everything that is said and everything that's done, Lord, would bring you the glory. And everyone shouted a great big amen. The scripture that I just read to you this morning is usually a scripture that we would observe, read, or study, or engage in during Easter. And, uh, but I believe that it is very profitable for us to look at this story this morning at a different angle. Maybe at an angle that you haven't seen before, and certainly I hadn't seen before. And as I was reading this story, and as I was uh, engaging in the story, I saw things in this story that I knew the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and He's also speaking to you this morning. And so I want to look at this story about how Joseph of Arimathea took the body of Jesus, wrapped it in linen cloth, put it in the tomb. The Bible tells us that some women were following Joseph and saw what he did. And because it was the Sabbath, they returned home to prepare their spices. And so I find that that story is very intriguing. And I promise you, if you will give heed to the Word of God this morning, you will give attention to the Word of God, open your ears and your heart, I promise you, you'll begin to see things that you've never seen before. I'm a true believer that nothing just happens by happenstance. Everything happens for a reason. There are certain things that happen at certain times for certain reasons. Everything happens for a reason. Everything. And if you look at the story of Jesus in His final days, there are things in the story that happened for a reason. And one of the things that I saw in the story of Jesus, especially the final days of Jesus, I saw how quickly Jesus was crucified. How quickly it was. Let me give that example. Do you know if you read the Bible, you will find at the final days of Jesus, Sunday, Jesus comes in to Jerusalem. It's called Palm Sunday. On Monday, Jesus turns over the tables in the... Uh, in the temple, he becomes frustrated 
because they're selling and buying in the temple. On Tuesday, they made a decision. The religious leaders on Tuesday made a decision to kill Jesus. Wednesday, Judas betrays Jesus. Thursday, at approximately 9 o'clock at night, Jesus is arrested by the religious leaders and Judas betrays Him with a kiss. On Thursday, approximately, they say at 9 o'clock at night, it was 18 hours later from the time that Jesus was kissed by Judas and arrested that Jesus had died 18 hours later. That's pretty quick. So by 3 o'clock on Friday, Jesus is already dead. It took 18 hours for that to happen. In other words, 18 hours for him to be arrested, betrayed by Judas, he goes before Pilate, the crowd cries crucify, and if you know anything about history, this did not happen. This did not happen during the day. The crowd actually was there early in the morning, at 6 o'clock in the morning, and they were crying crucify him. Why? The religious leaders paid people to crucify him. To be on their side. For 18 hours, Jesus, from, from, from the time that Jesus was arrested, from the time that He was laid in the tomb, it was 18 hours. Very, very quick. And when I read this story, I asked myself the question, why was there such a rush in crucifying Jesus? Because it's, it's pretty quick. I mean, it happened from 9 o'clock from Thursday, and by 3 o'clock on Friday, He was already dead. And you've got to ask yourself, why is there a rush in trying to kill Jesus? I mean, He's been preaching for three and a half years. Why, why the rush? And if you don't understand why there was a rush in killing Jesus, you won't see the spiritual implication that's involved in this story. Why is there a rush? Well, there is a rush because... They cannot crucify somebody during the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was a holy day for the Jews. It was a day of worship and it was a day of rest. And so they could not, according to the law, crucify somebody on the Sabbath. That is why there was a rush. Let's hurry and kill Jesus and get Him buried before the Sabbath. Is everybody with me? Now, it's important that you stay with me because I'm going to bring out something to you. The rush is they had to kill him before the sun went down on Friday night. Jesus dies at 3 o'clock on Friday. It's no wonder Joseph of Arimathea is begging for the body of Jesus. Why is he begging for the body of Jesus? The sun is getting ready to set. And when the sun sets, that is the dawning of the Sabbath, and you cannot work on the Sabbath. Joseph cannot work on the Sabbath, so he had to make sure he got the body down before the sun went down. That's history. So by 3 o'clock, Jesus is dead, and here, Joseph of Arimathea is rushing. He's rushing to get the body down. The Bible says, Joseph of Arimathea... Behold, this man, he didn't consent to their deeds or their decisions. He was a devout man. And he went to Pilate asking for the body of Jesus. In one gospel, it said that he begged for the body of Jesus. Why is Joseph in a hurry to wrap the body of Jesus? He is in a hurry to wrap the body of Jesus because when the sun goes down, 
That is the Sabbath. It starts the Sabbath, and you cannot work on the Sabbath. And not only is Joseph in the story begging for the body of Jesus, but the Bible says in verse number 55, I want you to see this key verse here. And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. For years I've studied the Scriptures. For years I've been a student of the Word. And that phrase never really popped out at me. And the women who, had, who was with him from Galilee followed after him. So, guess what's happening? Joseph is begging for the body of Jesus because the sun's getting ready to set. It's the Sabbath. He can't work. So he needs to make sure it's done before the sun goes down. Now why? If he left the body on the cross, the Romans, when the sun went down, the Romans didn't observe the Sabbath. The Romans would have burnt the body. So Joseph understands that I don't want Jesus' body to be burnt. I want to preserve his body and wrap his body in linen cloth and I want to lay it in the tomb. But i got to do it before the sun is set. And the Bible says that these women were behind Joseph. In other words, there were some women who were following Joseph. Do you see it? The Bible says in verse number, verse number 52, excuse me, verse 55, and the women who had come with him from Galilee, followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was to be laid. So not only is Joseph begging for the body, wants to wrap the body, but he has a group of women behind him, following him. Isn't that an interesting story? A group of women following Joseph of Arimathea. These women are from Galilee. These women are women from Galilee. You know, Jesus started His ministry in Galilee. And I have to ask the question, who are these women? Who are these women? Well, it's probably Mary His mother. It's probably Mary Magdalene, who He loved very much, who, who she loved Him very much, where she even washed His feet with her tears. What about Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus? They were probably there. But I can't help but to wonder that if these women are from Galilee, maybe, just maybe, you have the woman with the issue of blood. Maybe she's in the crowd. Or maybe it's the woman from the well who had been married several times and Jesus said, the man that you're with is not even your husband. Maybe she was in the crowd. Or, or maybe Peter's mother-in-law was in the crowd. Or do you remember the story in Luke 13? where the, there was a woman who came to the synagogue bent over and she couldn't even lift herself up because she was bent over with a condition. Maybe she was in the crowd. But the Bible tells us that Joseph of Arimathea is begging for the body. He wants the body. There, he's rushing against the time clock. I mean, the clock is ticking and Joseph is running begging for the body because he don't want the Romans to burn the body of Jesus. And there was a bunch of women following Joseph. Now, 
Why is there women following Joseph? Because the Bible says these women were with Joseph because these women wanted to anoint the body of Jesus, which is a Jewish practice. I'm, I'm about to get happy. Are y'all with me this morning? Somebody, if you're with me, say I'm with me. And so these women begin to follow. These women are following Joseph, and it's, it's interesting that they're following Joseph as he buries the body. They're standing in the distance, and they're watching Joseph pull the body down. And can you just imagine what Joseph said to these women? Listen, sisters, I know that you want to put some spices and oils on his body, but sisters, I don't got no time. The clock's ticking, and the sun's getting ready to set. We don't have time to anoint his body. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to wrap it in linen cloth and put it in the tomb, and we can worry about putting spices on it later. Can somebody help this preacher preach? You see what's going on here? Joseph is rushing against the time clock. And these women, the only reason these women are here is because they want to anoint his body. And Joseph is like, sisters, we don't have time to anoint the body. The sun is going down. It's almost Sabbath. We won't have enough time to wrap his body with linen cloth. And we're not going to have enough time to anoint his body too. There's not enough time for that. And the Bible says these women st stood there and observed the tomb. You see it? Verse 55, these women who had come with him from Galilee followed him, observed the tomb and how the body was laid. Then verse 56, then they returned and prepared spices and oils and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. You see, this story teaches us that sometimes we find ourselves following after dead things. Sometimes we follow after dead things, don't we? I mean, here's these women following after a dead body. And it's very discouraging when you follow after dead things and there's nothing that you can do about it. They're following behind a dead body and they can't do anything about it. These women are reminiscing how Jesus had healed their body. These women are thinking about how Jesus fed the multitude and raised their brother Lazarus from the dead. These women are thinking to themselves, the only thing I want to do is honor His body by putting spices on it. And we don't have enough time to do that. They followed behind a dead body. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying they wanted to do more. And they couldn't do it. They just had to watch His body be wrapped. They had a desire to do more, but they couldn't do more. They just had to watch Joseph wrap his body. You see, these women are thinking to themselves, how can things go so wrong so quick? The other day he was just preaching and now they're burying him. At least I want to do is anoint his body. 
Their hearts wanted to do more. And listen, listen to me. Sometimes the Lord will put you in a place where you have to watch things be buried. Sometimes the Lord and life will lead you to a place where you got to watch things be buried. There are some things in our life we got to let go. There are some things that we got to stand there and watch it be buried. There are some things in our life that we got to sit there and watch things be buried, even though we love it, even though we want to do more. But there comes a time in our life that we just got to let things be buried. These women didn't want it to be buried. They wanted to anoint it. They, they're disillusioned. They can't do anything else. They're in a place where they are totally exhausted. They have ran out of options. There's absolutely nothing they can do. Their hands are tied. They can't say anything. They're just simply there. And I, I have to ask this question. When you're in a place in your life that you don't know what to do, these women teach us what to do. When you're in a place that you don't know what to do in life, have you ever been there? How many can raise your hand and say, Pastor, I've exhausted resources before. I've said everything I could say. I've done everything I can do, and nothing helps. You're totally exhausted, and you don't know what to do. These women teach us what to do. Now, look at it. Verse number 56. The Bible says in verse number 56, are you there? Look at verse 56. Then they returned and prepared spices and oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to commandment. The very first thing that you do when you're in a place in your life that you don't know what to do is number one, you've got to prepare. You see, the Bible says these women, if they couldn't do anything else, they couldn't anoint his body. Joseph is rushing against time. Joseph has to has to wrap his body before the Sabbath. Joseph is, is rushing against the clock. They didn't have time to anoint his body. These women are standing there in disillusionment. They didn't know what to do. But the Bible says they left. And what did they do? They went to prepare spices. They, they, they went to prepare oils. So the very first thing that you do when you don't know what to do, you prepare now, it's interesting to me that the writer here uses the word prepare because you don't prepare for something that's already happened. You prepare something because you believe something's going to happen. I'm going to say that again. Maybe you'll be on board with me. You don't prepare spices for something that's already happened. You prepare because you believe something is going to happen. So these women leave, and they begin to prepare. You see, when you don't know what to do with your life, and you're exhausted and life has disappointed you, these women teach us what to do. These women begin to prepare something. And you've got to learn to prepare even in the face of discouragement. You've got to prepare for the next chapter of your life. God is saying the story is not done yet. I'm going to do a new thing. 
I'm going, to, I, I'm going to demonstrate my power. I'm going to demonstrate my glory in a new way. This is not a season for you to give up and throw in the towel and act like God is not moving. This is a season, even though you don't know what to do, you've got to still prepare for the next chapter in your life. You see, when God closes one chapter, He opens another chapter. And it's interesting to me, get this, don't, don't lose me. The sun is getting ready to set. Right? Right? Joseph has to be in a hurry. Because when the sun is set, it starts the Sabbath. And you can't work on the Sabbath. So when the sun is, starts to set, it means it gets dark. So these women went home and they prepared in the dark. And you've got to learn something in life. That sometimes when it is dark, it is not the time to give up. It's a time to prepare. And somebody shout, hallelujah, these Women prepared in the dark. In other words, they still believed in the dark. They still held on to their faith in the dark. You see, when it gets dark, we don't get ready. We give up. But these women went home when the sun was beginning to set. Because they were getting ready for the Sabbath, they begin to prepare their oils when the sun went down because it teaches us that sometimes God works in the dark. It's interesting to me that in the Jewish culture, the day starts when the sun is set. You remember in Genesis, the evening and the morning is the first day. In the Jewish culture, a new day starts when the sun is going down. In other words, a new day starts when it gets dark. I wish somebody would help me out. Did you hear just what I said here? A new day starts when it gets dark. I'm going to say it again. In the Jewish culture, when the sun begins to set, that's the dawning of a new day. When it gets dark outside, it's the beginning of another day. God is saying to some of you, just because it's dark doesn't mean I forgot you. It's an indication. It's a new day in your life. It's a new day in your life. It's kind of like when you go to the movies. The movie only starts when the lights come down. The new day starts when it's dark. It teaches us that they had to prepare something. It also teaches us that these women, the Bible says in verse 56, the, they returned, they prepared spices and oils, they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. In other words, number two, they were persistent in following the Word of God. In other words, they followed the commandment to rest on the Sabbath. Now hold on here. These women are discouraged. These women just saw their Lord crucified. They just saw Joseph of Arimathea beg for his body. These women 
are standing afar off watching this. And yet these women teach us that in spite of our discouragement, in spite of our questions, these women teach us you've got to prepare. You've got to put your all into it. They teach us that you still got to obey the Word of God. These women obeyed the Word of God to rest on the Sabbath. You see, the reason I said that is because of this. Because in seasons of disappointment, we excuse ourselves of our disobedience. When we're discouraged, when we're despondent, when we want to give up, the very first thing that we want to do, we want to excuse our disobedience. We use things like this. God understands my heart. God knows what I've been going through. God knows my heart. God understands. No, God don't understand. And when you are discouraged, and when you're about ready to give up, that doesn't mean God excuses your disobedience. It means that you've got to be more obedient even in your discouragement. People won't come to church because they're having a hard time. You can't excuse your disobedience. People won't, people won't tithe because they're having a hard time. You know? people, won't, people won't push for it because they're having a hard time. Because we excuse our disobedience and say that God understands when God is saying, no, 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 no. Your true, your true faith is demonstrated in the times of disappointment. Somebody just help the preacher preach today. You see, people say, well, what's the point in praying when it don't work? What's the point in giving when it don't work? What's the point of going to church? What's the point of witnessing? Nobody ever comes. Nobody's ever converted. We excuse our disobedience because we are disappointed. These women could easily excused. Said, we're not going to obey the Sabbath. Our Lord's crucified. The Romans killed Him. Let's just go home and do what we want to do. But these women teach us that when you are hurting, when you are disappointed, when you're about ready to give up, that is when you need to obey the Word of God more. That is when you need to love your neighbor more. That is when you need to trust the Lord more. That is when you need to pray more. That is when you need to wait on God more. Listen to this preacher this morning. You should never excuse your disobedience because you're disappointed. Never. So, these women, they prepared spices and oils when the sun was going down. They didn't have time to put it on his body. Went home and prepared for it. They didn't have time to do it. These women teach us that in times of disappointment, in times of discouragement, you've got to prepare for the next chapter of your life. It teaches us that you've got to be persistent in obeying the Word of God even though you're discouraged. And these women teach us that they obeyed the Sabbath in spite of what was happening around them. It teaches us, number three, that you've got to be passive when God is in charge. What do I mean by that? It's... These women, listen, these women wanted to touch the body of Jesus. They wanted to put spices on His body. But the story teaches us 
that there are things in your life that you've got to leave alone. There are things in your life that you've got to take your hand off of it. This story teaches us that you can't fix everything and you can't change everything and you can't save everything. These women wanted to touch the body. These women wanted to put spices. But the story teaches us that sometimes you've got to let things go. Sometimes you've got to take your hands off of it because you can't fix it. You've got to take your hands off. Listen, when you take your hands off of it, that is when God will put His hands on it. I'm going to say that again. When you take your hands off of it, that is when God will put His hands on it. These women, these women wanted to touch the body. They wanted to put spices on it, but they could not. This story teaches us that sometimes your hand is interfering with God's hands. This story teaches us that sometimes you've got to take your hands off of a situation and let God put His hands on it. I remember growing up, my grandma used to take, you know, I grew up in old school where they made homemade rolls. Can I hear an amen? You didn't go to the store and buy any rolls. You know what I'm saying? Amen, Kathy. You didn't make green beans out of the can. You cook green beans all day and you put lard in it. Come on, somebody, and bacon. Come on. Fried potatoes and cornbread. Can I hear an amen? Somebody in the building, say amen. So, when my grandma made bread, now I don't, I love to cook actually, I just don't, I just don't do it. <laughs> but you know, if you, if you make bread, if you need, need, is that the word need? If you need the bread, do you know one of the things I remember my grandma telling me? You have to knead the bread with your hands. But if you knead it too much, it can do damage to it. You need it just so much, then you set the dough aside and you let it raise. You know what God is saying? If you keep your hands in it too much, that situation will never raise. That situation will never be solved. That situation will never be fixed. If you always keep your hands in it, it will never be fixed. Sometimes you've got to take your hands off of something. These women wanted to touch it, to put spices on it. But you've got to take your hands off of it. In closing, the Bible says that not only did they prepare, not only did they keep the commandment, but the Bible says they kept the commandment, they kept the Sabbath according to the commandment. In other words, they kept the Sabbath. In other words, they made it a priority to worship, and they made it a priority to rest. Because that's what they did on the Sabbath. They worshipped on the Sabbath. These women made it a priority to worship on the Sabbath. Now, I know that's not a big revelation to us, but just think about it. These women who were healed and blessed by the Master, these women who were comforted by the Master, these women who stood afar off and watched Joseph take his body down, these women who were disillusioned, these women who were disappointed, these women kept the Sabbath and they still worshipped. It was a priority. You see, sometimes 
when things don't go wrong, when things don't go right in our life, the very first thing we'll do is that we'll miss church. We'll say, I'm tired. I've had a busy week. I don't feel like coming. We make excuses why we don't put the house of God at the first of the week. But ladies and gentlemen, this story teaches us that these women understood priority. And the priority was they went home because the sun was going down and it was the Sabbath and they needed to keep it according to the commandment of God. They needed to keep the commandment. They needed to keep the Sabbath in spite of what they saw. In spite of what they felt, they were still going to keep the Sabbath. In other words, they were going to worship. You know what the word worship is? It's an old English word which means worth-ship. It demonstrates the idea that we render to God, we render to God, what we render to God is determined by how much we think He's worth. That's what worship is. You render to God, what you render to God is determined by how much you think He's worth. These women thought that He's worthy enough for me to keep the Sabbath in spite of what I saw. What about it? Oh, you didn't think we can get a lot, about, a lot out of the story with these women, did you? But these women teach us a whole lot of stuff about life. They were determined to keep the Sabbath even though their Lord was crucified even though their Lord was murdered. Even though they had questions. They was going to keep the Sabbath. What about it? Are you going to, are you going to prepare? Are, are, are you going to persist? Are you, are you going to prioritize your life? Are you going to take your hands off of stuff and let God move? You know, it's interesting that there are two types of seasons in the New York Stock Exchange market. You know that? How many is aware of the bull market and the bear market? Raise your hand. How many has ever heard of those terms before? It's interesting to me that there's, there's two types of investors. There's those who are bull investors, and then, there's, then there are those who are bear investors. Now, what's the difference between these, these markets? Well, the first one is, the bull market is when things are going up, okay? When, when the economy is, is rising, when the stock market is up, things are well. The bear market is when things are falling out, when things are not really going that well. So you have the bull market and you've got the bear market, all right? So... The bull market is when things are great. Things are on the rise. Things are doing great. And then you have the bear market when everything is falling, everything's going downhill. So if you look at those, and I, I, I looked at that this week, and I thought it was interesting that did you know that the bear investors usually, not always, but usually make more money than the bull investors? Do you know why? The bear investors will make more money than the bull investors. Why? 
because the people who invest in that market understand that it can only go down so far that eventually it's going to come up. And we got two types of worshipers in the church. We got bull worshipers, and they only worship when things are going well in their life. They only worship when things are great in their life. And then we got some bear worshipers. They know how to worship when things are down because they know it's only going to get better somehow, some way. You hear what I'm saying? What type of worshiper are you? Do you just worship when things go well in your life? Oh, come on, folks. Anybody? Are you a bear worshiper? You know how to worship when things are down. Because you know it's only going to come up in the end. What about it? These women teach us that you've got to prepare. These women teach us that you've got to persist and obey the commands of the Lord even though you're discouraged. They teach us that You've got to be passive when God's in charge. You've got to take your hands off. It teaches us that you've got to prioritize and keep worship at the center of your life in spite of what's going on. When life disappoints you, these women from Galilee, there's a whole lot to say to us, don't they? A whole lot to say. 